0: I am always really impressed by people who make fursuits.
1: Fursuits. I know. Right? Like, those things are amazing.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's... Uh, and when you know a little bit about, like, how costumes are made, you're like, holy shit. They're so impressive.
1: They really Masket are. Those suits
0: are really fucking hard to make.
1: Yeah. No, I'm... I'm like, especially the head part. And that's, like, yeah. the, the part that is the most, you know, unique. Yeah. I mean, yes, I have the same color of fur on my body, but, like, literally from the neck down, every fursuit is the same.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've seen some that have, like, cool moving tails. Sure, yeah. And, uh-huh. like, like cool-looking hoofs
1: or beast feet or whatever. Sure, sure. Yeah. But really, so it's, just, all, really it's all really it's all in the head.
0: It is. Just movie-quality costuming made mm-hmm. by a 21-year-old in their apartment. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. so needless to say, I think there's some... some furries on my twitter feed who have the wrong impression about me mostly because I'm like no no I think your work's really cool I'm never buying one of these dumb- yeah it's
1: it's not for me that doesn't mean I don't think it's cool <laughs> cool yeah
0: anyway anyway this is brought to you by cool shit on my twitter feed as opposed <laughs> to bullshit on my twitter feed
1: bullshit <laughs> oh there's so much bullshit just like this bitch made werewolf legs
0: fuck yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs>
1: start that over when you're not giggling
0: <laughs> no <laughs> welcome to a new bonus experience series a uh, friend of the show and repeat guest daniel lozon has signed on with us to do a eh, however many episode we feel like series uh where we're gonna go deep and i didn't say it weird this time on one mechanical topic deep deep
1: <laughs> as
0: always we are two queer women speaking with authority about games and yes we are still going to swear
1: you can go and that. die mad about it.
0: Yeah, thank you. I was like, you want to say the die mad about it. I do. I know you do. I do. <laughs> uh, you know who we are. Uh, do you want Do you want to flex?
1: Oh, <laughs> yeah. I'm Danielle Lozon. <laughs> Woo! You can't see my awesome designer muscles, so I'll tell you all about them. I'm a game <laughs> designer and developer. I work mostly with Onyx Path Publishing. I am the systems lead for Trinity Continuum. I develop lots of games over there. I also do a lot of freelance writing for other companies, such as Magpie and Green Runine, and sometimes Third Eye Games, although it's been a while since I've done stuff with them. Uh, Although, I'm sure if I was like, let me write something for Pip, they would just be like, yeah, okay." Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But they also hire a lot of new folks and give them opportunities, and I don't want to take those people's opportunities away from them. So
0: that's that's fair. Yeah. Yeah, cool. So uh, that's
1: me.
0: That's yes, you. You're very yeah. you're very cool. Thanks. I'm impressed. Senpai Thanks. noticed me. Oh. <laughs> I'm blushing. And we are on video chat, audience at home, so.
1: <laughs> <laughs> God.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, you know who I am you've been listening to this show for a while and if you haven't uh, I am also a freelancer for the Onyx Path I do that almost pretty exclusively which is mostly just because I haven't made an effort to do anything else uh, maybe I should whatever uh, yes. but I am a, one of the developers for Scion 2nd edition and I'm also one of the on the development staff for Exalted 3rd edition and you may know me from being chaotic in the unofficial Exalted Discord <laughs> as the Exalted Essence mechanical developer uh, and D and I have worked together on an awful lot of things.
1: Yeah, an awful yeah. lot. An awful lot. So many things, it's become awful.
0: <laughs> no, working with you is never awful.
1: <laughs> Thank you for inviting me on this show so you can dump me.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, not be unable to stop flirting with you.
1: <laughs> I need <mean> that too. <laughs>
0: I I do appreciate you stepping in and helping out while Ray gets her life together.
1: Look, I've been there. I know.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: We've Um, all been there before.
0: Fortunately, neither of us have two teenagers to wrangle. So, oh
1: my god, I can't imagine going through schooling right now and me neither. Like with teenagers or even small children. Like, I just can't. I did it for one day and I was done. And like all of the. Mothers and fathers and parents out there who are taking care of small kids while they're in school during this pandemic. Like, I fucking salute you.
0: Yeah, for real. So, I'm sorry if you can hear this, but they're doing yard work right outside my window. Uh, so, if there's um, some sort of mechanical noise in the background, I think it's a leaf blower. I'm not it, sure. It sounds
1: a little like this. <clears throat> <laughs> uh,
0: so, today we're, we're, Doing another topic of things that were on my mind lately, uh, which was as I am developing Essence, mm-hmm. which is a product intended for new people, mm-hmm. a thing I am not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have been thinking about books, and special RPG books specifically. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah Not not books. I would hope not not books in general <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, that present their material in a way that's good for beginners which unfortunately (laughs) question mark uh led me to go take a look at the D &D fifth edition phb um because so many people have gotten into it it's been like a gateway drug for lots of people i know and lots of really cool people i know um I say that, like, cool people didn't play D&D previously. They didn't. Uh, but, but... That uh, <laughs> so they didn't. didn't.
1: <laughs> Nobody uh, cool
0: played D&D until, like, five years ago. Five years ago. It's true. Kind of. Um, <laughs> sorry, everybody who I was friends with. <laughs> including me. <laughs> In- yeah, including you and myself. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, people who I don't know that the, the game would have appealed to previously.
1: Sure. Which yeah, yeah, yeah. I find
0: interest, find really interesting. Um, and I suspect that things like the Adventure Zone and Dimension 20 and Critical Role um, are a big driving factor in that. But that's not really what we're talking about today. No, maybe that no. can be another episode. Yeah. Um, that so is a I whole was, other episode. So, like, there are all these new people and all these new people who would maybe not have been the audience previously who are now picking this up so the book has to be doing something right because it's not pushing people away.
1: Right. It's, Uh, it's a first exposure thing, right? uh, which, you know, a game like D and D has a lot of, um, I think it has something going for it that a lot of other games don't, is that when you get your first exposure to D and D, you don't get it by picking up the book. Mm -hmm. You get it through, like you said, all these adventure zone, critical role, Stranger Things, you see people playing it or <clears throat> somebody you know is playing it and tells you about it and mm-hmm. then you go get a book this is not your first exposure though, the book the book is maybe second, third exposure
0: yeah I I suppose you're correct So, but I wanted to examine the PHB and the question of like <sighs> hey does anybody actually learn <laughs> games by reading the book?
1: Yeah, I mean that's that's a real question, <laughs> right? Or or is the hobby basically carried on oral tradition? Oh man, I, I don't know that we can answer this, but we're going to explore it because I think right. that it's it's an interesting thing to talk about in 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 this matter. So let's talk about the the fifth edition PHB. This is supposedly the book that you need to read to make a character to be the player in a game. Um, ostensibly, you don't you don't need to read. The the DMG you don't need to read the monster manual those are for your your GM mm-hmm. all you need to read is the PHB and honestly you don't even need to read the whole thing you yep. just need to read uh, enough to know where to go next uh, right. the the book is more like a guidebook than a novel like we you know mini game books are um,
2: mm-hmm.
1: and I look at this book and the introduction. Honestly, I think the introduction does a decent job of explaining what kind of game you're about to play. Okay. Um, it tells you that it's uh, swords and sorcery. Okay. It tells you that it's role-playing. It tells right. you that there's one person who is going to run the game. And mm-hmm. it tells you that there are other people who are going to play characters in the game and that this game may take many sessions. Okay. Uh, it then tells you that there are monsters um, mm-hmm. that there 's a multiverse of uh game worlds that you could play in that are connected mm-hmm. to each other uh, it tells you that um you know it tells you how to use the book like why it, you know how it 's divided up and it mm-hmm. does a very like very brief you know how to play explaining the dice uh explaining some of the very basic rules in mm-hmm. d twenty um and and you know how to do an adventure okay which honestly up until this point uh I never felt like D&D actually told you up front what the game you were about to play was going to be people mm-hmm. just kind of, it just kind of assumed that you knew so I actually feel like this introduction is pretty pretty good uh for for new players to kind of like what what well, what is this yeah, right? i i feel
0: like Fourth edition did something very similar.
1: I think they did. Yeah, I think I think after third edition, d d kind of learned its lesson of like we should we should maybe tell people what they're about to be doing.
0: But I can also confirm because I read it very recently that the rules cyclopedia, so like the the ultimate edition of basic d d uh like c- classic D&D also uh-huh. tells you very clearly what the game is about. Hey, and how good. to play it like the yeah. the very first thing is very clearly like this is what a role-playing game is this is how you roll your dice you will need a pencil and some friends uh and then goes into some very basic stuff very no paper just pencils just a and pencil friends. and a friend that's you know right on your friends that that's that's my own chaotic brain deleting important <laughs> parts of information
1: i like it though just a <laughs> just pencil, and, pencil and, and some friends <laughs> Um, so, so yeah, this, this introduction, it's only a few pages long. It's, you know, one, two, three, four, five pages long, um, gives you, gives you some really, really basic information. And then the very next thing you do is start making a fucking character. Yeah. Um, and this is really to the fucking point. <sighs> How do you I feel about that? <laughs> well, so I don't, I, I am being told I need to choose a race. I need to choose a class. Uh, I need to determine some ability scores, I need to describe my character, uh, I need to choose some equipment, and then I need to like get together so that we can play a game. Right. Um,
0: that, that last part's the hardest one. It is. Absolutely. I get characters all day long
1: but if I don't have a pencil and some friends. It's never going never gonna to happen. That's the title of this episode. Pencil and some friends. Pencil and some friends. Um, so the problem with this is I, that I can already see is that I don't know what the races are and I don't know what the classes are. Okay. Does, uh, so
0: I couldn't find my copy of the PHB, which I do know we own, And but H was playing in a fifth edition game for a while, which means who the fuck knows where the book went. Yeah, I'm calling you out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, does the race section start with a rundown?
1: No, no. No, not no at all. Room. Just like, there's... here's a dwarf.
0: Yeah, Deal with you know.
1: it. No, it doesn't. So it's it, it's the race section. Uh, okay, so when we get into races, it is kind of like it, it's its own chapter, and it talks about, yeah, how to choose races and what the traits are and, and describes that. But I'm talking about chapter one, which okay. just tells you how to make a character. This oh, is okay. ostensibly the chapter that you need to look at first to know mm-hmm. how to build a character.
0: Um, you know what? But really – gonna- I'm going to pause you for one sec because I'm going to grab my fourth edition book and let's see if it's different. Oh, okay. Okay. Fortunately for me, that was right on my bookshelf that was not far away.
1: I'm pretty sure it does the same thing.
0: Okay. All right. Let's see. So we start with this really pretty like two page picture spread of some... Some adventurers doing some cool looking shit.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of art in these books that really yeah. sells what you're doing.
0: Yeah. So there's like a little, imagine a world of bold b- warriors, mighty wizards, and terrible monsters on this first page. Uh, then it goes into what a role-playing game is, talks about, it calls, this version calls it a fantastic world as mm. opposed to specifically calling out swords and sorcery. Sure. Okay. Uh talks about the whole points of light thing which I liked don't at me uh a <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, a sidebar on the history of D&D which I think is cool
1: Yeah that is actually pretty cool uh, do I uh a sidebar here? I'm just really, really a sidebar about the history of D&D d and yeah. brand new in 5th edition don't care mm-hmm. about the history of it
0: Yep <laughs> uh <laughs> I I actually thought for for some of its other faults uh Teaching you how to play the game was not one of them. No. Uh, so it has a sp- a specific paragraph on player characters. First, because this is the PHB.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh, then a section on the DM. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Um, which describes the DM as an adventure builder, a narrator, a monster controller, and a referee. Oh,
1: that's nice.
0: Uh, Then it talks about adventures.
1: Sure.
0: Uh, Then it talks about needing game books of dice, a pencil, and some friends. <laughs> <laughs> uh, then it has a whole another header um, on how do you play, and then talks about like combat and um, dealing with puzzles or obstacles as non-combat encounters, and then talks about exploration, um, and then breaks down how to take your turn, mm-hmm. and then goes into the core re- core mechanic, which is very easy. Like yeah, <laughs> yeah. talking, about, I'm sure that's not different. That's pretty yeah. much exactly the same.
1: But, yeah, that core mechanic has been the same for a very long time.
0: Uh, And then fourth edition talks about basic says has a whole section called three basic rules.
1: Yeah, there is a the three pillars of adventure: exploration, social interaction, and combat.
0: Oh no, this says simple rules, many exceptions. So every class, race, feat, power, and monster in the D and D game lets you break the rules in some way. These can be in very minor ways. Uh, These exceptions can also appear in very significant ways. Uh, All these game elements are little ways of breaking the rules. Uh, and most of these books published for the D and D game are full of these game elements. So it's basically describing what powers are.
1: Ah, yes, yes. Because in D and D Fourth Edition, power like I, we're not comparing editions right here. No, no, so no, no. no, no. no we're we're comparing
0: how it. the how the two games present material. <laughs> right. <laughs> this is not an edition war, my friends. This is no. simply a discussion of how it presents material. Um, then a follow it follow up rule that says specific beats general. So if a specific yeah. rule contradicts a general rule, the specific rule wins.
1: Right. Which is always a good thing to talk about, especially in a game. Uh, that has a lot of powers that are the, the whole point of the power is to manipulate the rules, right,
0: yeah, uh, and then always round down, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. at any time you have something, you round it down, uh, and then the next page is making characters
1: cool, yeah, I, I thought that was true so so we get into making characters, and this is the thing that I think um, I think d and d does in an interesting way. And I don't know that this actually helps new people because this is this is a thing that I find myself having problems with when mm-hmm. I am making a character in DD and and i have been doing this for f- far too many years. <laughs> <laughs> Not going to some number of years. Uh, mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> years.
1: <laughs> Decades. Mm.
0: Uh,
1: so, at this point, yeah. Yeah. At this point, so the. The thing is is that the most important part of this chapter, this how to make a character chapter, mm-hmm. is is the steps choose a race, choose a class, choose, you know, determinability scores, describe your character, move on. Like that's literally it. Those are the three steps of making a character. Right. Uh there are actually no like a few oh. Oh, other so, so... steps, but they're very like minuscule.
0: So does the fifth edition book just have it three steps?
1: Uh, No, no. Okay, good. After after Determinability scores, it's describe your character, choose Uh equipment, and then, and that's it. Okay. Um,
0: Interesting, also in a point of comparison, that fourth edition basically has on... So the next page after I said with the three basic rules is another beautiful two-page spread that that has a little intro that breaks down everything that's in the chapter. mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And then it has a little blurb up front that talks about... uh, making your own OC, basically. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and, then, and then has a bit of language, which I find good and interesting, um, that specifically says, we're writing this in the second person, and that refers to your character.
1: Okay, that's kind of nice. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so the, the first thing that I run into as a problem with this mm-hmm. is, is whenever you tell me the step-by-step character creation first, as its mm-hmm. own chapter, not mm-hmm. as okay, here's, you know, here's what we're moving on to, but as its own chapter, is mm-hmm. you've given me all these like steps, which is fine, but mm-hmm. honestly, this is useless to me. The only thing that's actually useful here is how to determine my ability scores because it's only found in this chapter. Mm-hmm. Every other aspect of creating my character are found in different chapters that mm-hmm. I have not yet read and so cannot actually make those decisions. Right. So what winds up happening... That I have seen a lot, and I'm not 100%, I'm not saying everybody does it this way, I'm not trying to make some kind of overall statement, but Mm -hmm. at least for my games that I have played with my friends, Mm -hmm. people will choose their race and their class uh, first, generally, because they know already what what races are available and what classes are available because of the zeitgeist of knowing D&D. Right. But honestly, the very first part of making a character is is actually choosing ability scores. Right. This which, is the very, very first thing I see people do. Mm-hmm. Um, which, which,
0: like, does, in, in a a d and d context, does seem a little bit out of step. Because your ability scores tie into your class and what you want to do. So you kind of have to have... Like I think you have to have an idea of what you want to do first or what you want to play. So I kind of feel like, and here's where it gets sticky because we're just using D&D as a general example. Sure. But like, when you are making any game, there's not really a right answer for the, the order in which you present this information because all of you kind of have to know all of it at the same time, and you cannot just down beam that directly into someone's brain. No. because it's a book right, so yeah. you ha- some of it has to be out of order by nature of the way books work right so
1: <laughs> so um, so anyway i don't if I've, I've never encountered D and d before and I'm picking this up just just now and I'm reading through it i I'm mm-hmm. not given um, I, I'm given which is I'm given a list of words. The Mm -hmm. most common player character races are dwarves, elves, halflings, and humans. Some races Mm -hmm. also have sub-races, such as mountain dwarf or wood elf. Chapter 2 provides more information about these races, as well as the less widespread races of dragonborn, gnomes, half-elves, half-orcs, and tieflings. I don't know what any of those words mean. Those
0: sure are words. Like, if I don't know what those are... Right. I, I still don't know what those are.
1: I still don't know what those are. And I can't make a decision just based on that information other than told, okay, I should go to chapter two now and read all these things. Great. I've right. gone to chapter two. I've read up on those things and I've picked a race. Okay. Great. So, so let's
0: talk, let's compare for a moment again to the fourth edition book, which I think maybe is doing a slightly better job. But, sure. But let's just think about, let's pretend that we have never seen this before and have no opinions on it. So character creation the the actual character creation page uh, starts with a intro paragraph that basically kinda says uh, think about what you want to do
1: yeah I mean there is definitely an intro paragraph I just didn't
0: yeah yeah I, I'm sure there is and then yeah. like but then it also in that paragraph sort of leans on the fact that it assumes the player has some understanding of Tolkien-esque fantasy because it specifically says, do you like fantasy fiction featuring dwarves or elves?
1: Yeah, I mean, that that exact line is also (laughs) in the 5th edition. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if that It's just the same thing. It's just the same thing because they own those words and can just copy-paste.
0: They sure can. (laughs) Um, Then it has a a nine-step breakdown where it says choose race, choose class, determine ability scores. So it puts ability scores after race and class.
1: Which it does in 5th edition as well.
0: Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. Uh, then skills, then feats, then powers, and equipment, uh, then equipment, then derived. It says fill in the numbers, which is derived um, stats. Sure. Uh, and then, you know, fill in your character details. The, um, what what uh, White Wolf calls the bl- breath of life. Yes. yes. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> though each one of these steps does, in fact, tell you what chapter to go to, but it does not give you a page number.
1: Yep, there's no page number, but there's a chapter this provides this, and all of them say chap you know, which chapter to go to. Now one of the things that is interesting on this also is that I, I don't know if fourth edition does it, but there is an example mm-hmm. character build throughout this mm-hmm. whole thing.
0: Okay. Uh, uh, let's see. We're, this the first part just is so then the next section is literally just a elevator pitch for everything that's in the book.
1: Huh, because, so, yeah, in, like, there will be... So oh, these, here they come
0: again. Oh, man, I can hear them.
1: <laughs> All right, so building Brunar, uh, each step of the character creation includes an example of that step with a player mm-hmm. named Bob building his dwarf character, mm-hmm. Uh And so every, yeah, there's building Brunar step one, and then building Brunar step two, and so on and so forth.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and you know, in each of these things, it explains, you know, honestly, you need to read this character creation, but you need to read it all before you even start making a character Mm -hmm. and, like, internalize it and then move on to chapter two and actually start making a character. is how I feel that you should really, if you're going to, if you've never played this game before, otherwise you're going to be flipping back and forth a whole lot because to be able to choose a race effectively, I really need to read about how to choose a race go to the race section pick Mm -hmm. one of those read all about them pick one then come back and choose a class now the the choose a class talks about levels it talks about hit points and hit dice it Mm -hmm. talks about proficiency bonus uh bonuses and all of the ability score summaries Mm -hmm. uh here there's a and i I think this is just because this is a sidebar and this is where it fits Mm -hmm. um but there is an ability score summary mm-hmm. that is between uh, – it's kind of between the class and determinability ability scores.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but it's on the page with determined class that goes through all of the abilities. How, it tells you what it measures. It tells you which classes it's important for and which oh, that's races handy. give you an increase in it. All right. Uh, which is nice when you're going to to do ability scores. And again, if I already know all the races and I kind of already have an idea of all the classes, I don't actually need to think about those two steps first. I can actually start with ability scores. And and in the sense of, like, I don't have to, like, write everything down for my elf. I don't have to Mm -hmm. write everything down for my barbarian. Right. instead my elven barbarian i am going to i'm going to roll up scores i'm going to put them in the places that are best for barbarian i'm going to write down my bonuses from being an elf and -hmm. then and then this like fast ass motherfucker that comes in your face and hits you uh (laughs) now now has ability scores and the most important things about the character sheet and then i can go fill in like oh yeah i got dark vision and oh yeah i got like here my Barbarian abilities because I went to chapter three and pulled those things. Yeah. Um, okay. So you know, uh, and I'm not saying that the book should put ability scores first because dog that time. assumes you are. Yeah. Dog time, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Really, it's cat time with dog nanny. All right. Uh, anyway. Yeah. So, because uh, if you put ability scores first, it would assume that you already knew everything there is to know about races and classes. But because right. you get such a small treatment of races and classes, but the ability scores and how to choose them, you really you can't look anywhere else in this book for that information. Mm-hmm. You must right. look in this in this two page spread.
0: Right. Yeah, so Just, um so like, there's everything no beyond
1: that though, you don't need this section for.
0: Yeah, so there's no like Bob's making a dwarf in this. Okay. Um in the character creation section and then the next chapter is the races. Sure. Um, so the character creation section here um, gives you an elevator pitch of the races, um, which does not um, talk about commonality, but does use a little bit of good old D&D racist language. Um, then it gives you a pitch of all the classes. So you can just read this and get a very brief rundown of, oh, I think Dragonborn are cool. I want to play a dragon man. I like the idea of wandering the world as a mercenary and an adventurer. They're they're strong and they have dragon-like abilities. I like dragons. I want to be a dragon. And then be like, oh, I think a paladin sounds neat. I want to be a divine champion. Neat.
1: Yeah, see, we don't get that kind of breakdown in five. You yeah. pretty much have to go to the, the next chapter to read about those things.
0: And then on the next page... Like, there's also a breakdown of role, which I'm not going to worry about. Um, but for the purposes of making a fourth edition character, that is important. And it also does tell you which class aligns with each role. Yes, um, so that you have a, 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 a like, third layer of what do I want to do? Um, then it breaks down the ability scores and what they're important to, including the skill checks, which is pretty cool. And then immediately following the, the explanation of what Strength, Con, Dex, Intelligence, Wisdom, and Charisma are um are the ability score mod of are the ability scores and how to apply them. So I think that's pretty good actually. Mm-hmm. Um giving the rundown of what they're important for and how they work and then following that up with here's how you assign them. Okay. Then it goes then it has a whole section on role playing and alignment with a little bit of deities thrown in and I'm not sure what they're doing here but I better here than anywhere else I guess. I guess. I guess that's the one decision where I'm like, oh, you sure did put that right in the middle of the character creation section, didn't you? Uh, and then if you were like, this is boring and I don't care, and you flip past it, it talks about, like, making up a personality. Uh, here are some questions you can ask yourself to figure out how you respond in social situations. What do you do when you have to face a tough decision? What happens if you're in a dire strait? And those are fun, but I never read them. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure somebody does. Um... And then past this, like, they they have this whole thing on the gods and, like, how to play a character. Mm -hmm. And then they talk about how to make checks. And I think that this making checks section should have been slid ahead of all this, like, role-playing fluff. um, And followed immediately after ability scores. Because those two are related. They are, yeah. And interestingly,
1: um, because I I was, while you were talking, I was flipping through because I'm... Impatient, uh, mm-hmm. but you know we don't actually like in ability scores you know we mm-hmm. talk about what the ability scores are uh, how to generate them uh and write them down and then and then just step three uh of building bruner and then there's a customizing ability scores with your uh point cost mm-hmm and then we move straight into describing characters. So we don't actually talk about how um, how these ability scores make checks.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um,
1: in this section, and I actually think that's okay because this is literally just making a fucking character. Yeah. And there is an this entire chapter about how the rules blend together.
0: Yeah, I'm I'm of two minds because I'm not sure that the ability
1: scores and checks
0: need to be there um, because I believe there is also a playing the game chapter. Let's flip yeah. back to the table of contents. Yeah, they are uh adventuring and then there's combat uh and stuff. So there is like a there is not a specific like core rule playing the game chapter, but there is uh adventuring and combat which is, you know, it's D&D that is playing the game. <laughs> well,
1: wait. So so where in 5th edition they pulled that using the ability scores and made it its own chapter.
0: Oh, I mean, my, so all it right. Is,
1: it is chapter 7 in the 5th edition book. Okay. And not hidden in the character creation chapter, which I actually prefer to not have that important, like, how to make a skill check or how to make a ability score check or whatever Mm -hmm. in hidden in a character creation chapter where I think I'm done with this chapter now that I've made the character and actually it's the rules telling me how I fucking play the game.
0: The annoying thing I think about, like, I think, I think both are fine which is why we're having this conversation. Um, I think it's totally fine to have a rundown of ability scores and making checks in your character creation section, especially for a game like D and D, because they are important to literally the rest of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Every, everything after it is dependent on this. Yes. The problem I have with the fourth edition section is that making checks is after the shit about the gods and like, do you want to do an accent or not? And not immediately following the ability scores. So you're, if I were reading this for the first time, once I finished... If I'm reading this for the first time, I'm like, okay, cool. I, I know I want to play a Dragonborn. I like to play a Paladin. Okay, now I know strength is important. Um, I, I know I'm gonna, I am gonna. I think charisma sounds cool. I'm going to generate my ability scores using the array because I'm lazy. Everybody uh-huh. uh- should... <laughs> Everybody should. Everybody should always always use an array. an array. Yeah, and then 4.9. I get to fill in the numbers. Okay, cool. I'm done. The rest of this chapter is about the gods and how to play a character. And like, listen, I've seen, um, I, I listened to the Adventure Zone. I think I know how to be funny. So like, I think I'm done.
1: <laughs> yeah, but you're not. Only,
0: but you're not.
1: <laughs> right. Yeah, it's interesting. So so moving on to I think moving on past the cap- character creation chapter because I think yeah. I think we've talked enough about how i think this chapter is a useful chapter Mm -hmm. right and then we go into races and so right then we go into
0: races races. same
1: and everything about the race is it's here there's some there's some fiction about the race yep there's some uh there's a little sidebar about how the the race feels about other people there's you know oh we
0: we got vampire all up in here
1: yeah they did did. (laughs) Like, there's so much in this book that I'm like, oh, I see you've taken some things from White Wolf.
0: Yeah, I I see you've played Paragon of Modern Design.
1: Yes. Early
0: 2000s White Wolf.
1: I see you. (laughs) I'm looking at you. Uh, Sorry. Because there's like a how to use this book section that I don't think is in any of the previous ones. Yeah, I I did not see that.
0: Mm -hmm. I did not see that here.
1: Yeah, and that's in every fucking white wolf book and not white wolf book. Like yeah. <laughs> how do you use this book? What are the sections in an introduction? Like I had yeah. never seen that in a D and D book until I saw uh, fifth edition. I have yeah. some opinions. Maybe we'll put that in the bonus. Oh, that'll
0: be our opinions. bonus segment. Yeah. Um, so, um, 4E has, goes right into races, mm-hmm. um, gives you a cool piece of art, which fifth edition does too, yep, yep. uh, has their general racial traits, their ability score modifiers, their size, speed, like size, speed, languages, and their basic stuff, yep. like racial bonuses uh, and power. And that is all right up front in a little sidebar uh, next to the image. And I kind of feel like that, like that's, that is one of the things that I find kind of challenging because I think that's a fine place for it. But I also feel like that's a lot of information that means nothing to someone who is coming to this having just read the previous chapter.
1: Yeah, yeah. So in fifth edition you get okay so dwarf cool picture uh, mm-hmm. there's some fiction um mm-hmm. that talks about like how like there's two this the very first splat is uh header short and stout uh long memory long grudges clans and kingdoms gods golds and clan gods gold and clan this is all very mm-hmm. like setting fiction information the next page has uh, a list of Common names, then all their traits, and then one sub-race, the hill mm-hmm. dwarf. Um, oh, no, sorry, two. I missed it. Uh, hill dwarf and mountain dwarf, and then mm-hmm. a really small sidebar about dragger. Mm-hmm. Uh, or dwergar. Sorry, I can't. Uh, and that's it. Like, so it's a three-page spread, which Mike Cheney would murder me for. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a three-page flat, which you know we've done before, but I get, I get. That the layout person gets mad about, right? Um, and then the elf, same thing. It's fiction, fiction, and then on the last page, it's traits. Actually, it winds up being four pages. It just depends on how much fiction you want to give them, yeah. And how much
0: okay. art you're giving them. It looks um, like fourth edition keeps all of these to a two-page spread, um, which our layout person would be really happy about.
1: Yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but I think the fourth edition doesn't have as much fiction. Um, no. about about each of the races which I actually welcome the extra fiction about the races especially when you're trying to teach this brand new game to brand new people I feel like that's actually pretty pretty new person friendly if I don't know anything about an elf this book is now ex- like I I'm not making the assumption that you know what a fucking elf is or that you mm-hmm. right now- if you've seen the the cultural like informant Lord of the Rings,
0: (laughs) right? Yeah, so I I am telling you what
1: an elf is in our game.
0: in In lieu of a lot of fiction, it gives you a one sentence like, "Here's what an elf is like: quick, wary archers who freely roam the forests and wilds." Okay, Mm -hmm. cool. I, I, you, you are telling me right up front that um, if I'm an elf, I'm fast. I'm probably good at ranged combat. Uh, and something to do with nature. All right. I get all of that from that one sure. sentence. Sure. Uh, and then there's like a one paragraph that's basically like elves live in trees. And then, <laughs> and then, um, and then it has a play an elf. If you want, dot, dot, dot. And then three bullet points about what uh, elf characters might be like, which sounds really familiar. Cause that's what the, the Exalted third edition core book did. But sure. That came after this.
1: So. Sure. Sure. Wow. Um, so, yeah, so then, so that's that's races, um, mm-hmm. and I think that that's, honestly, fifth edition, I think, does a, a decent job of presenting, you know, the races, and then mm-hmm. giving you the, the information that you need to fill in your character sheet with that race. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we move uh, on to classes. Yeah, I
0: think a play a blank, if you want to blank, is really, really, really good.
1: Oh, uh, it's my favorite, like... Like I think that should be in the basic character creation chapter. Yes, I think that's where that kind of sentence goes, and then mm-hmm. the deeper meaning goes into each individual write up. I think is mm-hmm. a, a great way to present that because if I'm just doing the ca- character creation, and I and I like I can flip to those things to get all their like special abilities and stuff. But I just like what is an elf, mm-hmm. or what is a barbarian, or I keep saying elf and barbarian, but like what is a monk? Okay. Right. Oh, what is play a fighter a monk if you want to yeah, play a monk if you wanna you know punch people in the face and be <laughs> you know like okay, uh play a bard if you wanna run around annoying your party and singing songs, <laughs> you know
0: like. right,
1: they there are probably better actual sentences than that, but you know like off the top of my head, um so we get into chapter three, which is classes, and fifth edition actually does a really great job of um there is a table on the very first page. There's some, you know, like a paragraph of introductory text, but there's this table in the very front page mm-hmm. that breaks down all the classes, gives a description, tells you your hit die, tells you what their tri- primary ability should be, tells mm-hmm. you what their main saving throw proficiencies are, and then tells you what their arm- armor and weapon proficiencies are. Mm-hmm. So that
0: is that absent table, here. <laughs> that
1: table honestly needs to go in the very in in chapter one. That yeah, table is. Misserved being at the beginning of chapter three
0: yeah yeah i agree um the fourth edition thing does not do something like that which it probably should because that sounds really helpful yeah um it does have a one sentence rundown and what page each class starts on mm-hmm. so that's that's not, bad. that's not bad um yeah then it has talks about uh role power source key abilities proficiencies implement bonus defense it explains basically how to read what mm-hmm. you're about to read Yep. Um, then it talks about Par- Paragon Paths and Epic Destinies, which I think probably should have gone last. Yeah. <clears throat> but And then past that, it is how to read and use powers.
1: Which is important for 4th edition.
0: Extremely less, important.
1: Less important uh, for... So we'll edition. just...
0: Why don't we just use that as an example? So let's say you're making a game where having and using powers are important to your character types. Yeah. Like, I don't know... Exalted oh. stares into the camera. <laughs> Do you think, though, okay, that's sort of an unfair comparison because, um, like, if I am a cleric in D&D 4th edition, I only have access to cleric powers, right? I can't yep. take anything else. Yep. Uh, and Exalted doesn't quite have that. Nope. Uh, so, like, and uh, Exalt type is separate from power type. Yeah. So, you know, I don't necessarily know that uh, how think, to read it has to go in front of the types.
1: Yeah, I think that if you ha- if your if your if your game has a universal way of presenting powers, like everyone mm-hmm. has spells, or everyone has, uh, like we'll talk about Scion, right? Like everyone sure. has uh, nax and and boons. Boons. Yeah. Right. So. I I need to, before I talk about Nax before I talk about Boons, explain to you what you're about to see uh, in this section. And, and, you know, a lot of the Onyx Path books do this, right? Before mm-hmm. the Boons section, there's a breakdown of how to read Boons. What, did, mm-hmm. what do these words mean? Uh, what am I looking at before I start looking at them mm-hmm. so that I can understand them as I read them? And I think having that at your beginning of your, um, you know, for D&D, for fourth edition, Having the, having that before you even read the classes because the classes give you all the the special abilities in that class section, right? And honestly, those special abilities are are key. You pick one every fucking level. There's you know there's a lot going on there, and there's so a lot going on there. What they mean before yeah. you even start looking at the classes is very important. And I think having that there is actually really nice.
0: Yeah, uh, and it's a. I think I don't know. I'm not again. I do not have. The benefit of looking at this for the first time sure or and even when i was reading this for the first time i was at the time a diehard exalted fan sure uh so learning about how powers work was really easy for me
1: sure yeah yeah um you know there as much as i love everything that fourth edition did um Mm -hmm. i do think that the power sets themselves are extraordinarily daunting for a new yeah for a new person to read through,
0: I um, would have to agree with that. But it, and please remember that I didn't have a problem with it at the time because I was used to charm sets.
1: Sure, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I, I was also used to I was used to reading through like every single feat in the book, and you know, I. But there was some if you wanted to make a character above first level in fourth mm-hmm. edition, it was almost impossible because it's a pain the, the decision the decision paralysis that sets in from picking at each level, like. You know, like picking abilities every single time, and there's so many different things to read. And you know, oh, we're gonna make start with fifth level characters. R I P U.
0: You like you may as well have one session that's just everybody goes pick pick stuff. Yeah, yeah.
1: Um, So you know the so fifth edition does a similar thing where they describe what it what it what it's like to be part of that class. Um, The very first. Spread has a, a table that has all the level of, you know, like ev- everything you get when you level up, which I think every, everything since third edition has had that kind of the level table.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: tells you a quick build. And I don't know if fourth edition did this, but um, it, it is essentially like here's a quick build that you can do where you uh, put your highest ability score and strength followed by constitution and then choose the Outlander background and move on with your life.
0: All right, let's let's see. Uh, I just flipped it open randomly. Uh, ranger. Do we have a quick build choice? There are. Uh, yeah. Okay. So there's creating a ranger, and that has. Um, Two suggested styles of play, uh, one being the archer type, uh, and one being the two blade type. So mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. know, neither of them are anything like Aragorn. Um, <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> uh, but it does have uh, suggested feats, uh, suggested skills, suggested at will powers, suggesting counter power, and suggested daily. So right. like there is a quick suggested. build.
1: Yeah. Suggested, yeah. Okay, that's um,
0: good. So yeah, that is that is there
1: so uh, then after the quick build there's class features and mm-hmm. you know um, most classes get uh, some kind of feature at every every level um, so uh, so you have hit points what your proficiencies are you have starting equipment
2: mm-hmm.
1: um, so um, and then you have a breakdown of all the different powers and what they do um, mm-hmm. and that's pretty much the the case for every uh for every class um the only thing that the uh that these things don't put in them is the spells themselves which makes sense because uh spells are their own entirely nonsense thing
0: right Um, that's a we can talk about that some other time
1: (laughs) yeah uh so after so so after your classes, then you get into the the additional stuff of character creation again. You get mm-hmm. backgrounds, and uh, so D&D 5th edition introduced this kind of uh, personality background thing mm-hmm. where you pick a background, um, and that gives you some stuff to like uh, tie into role-playing your character and also gives you some extra equipment mm-hmm. um, based on your your character's background. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you get, there's some ins- inspirations, there's some uh, backgrounds, and then there's this whole list of things that are like, oh, I'm going to do a criminal background. I get right. some extra skill proficiencies, I get some, some tool proficiencies, I get some extra equipment, and then I can get some kind of criminal, like some kind of specialty uh, within uh you know some kind of extra thing that helps to define my character and a lot of this is just uh role play hooks and reasons to like to help you kind of inspire you to how you role play your character.
0: Yeah, I think 4th edition added those later. I yes. think they're in PHB 2 or 3.
1: Yeah. Uh,
0: um so they are obviously not. I'm looking at one what yeah. I would consider to be basically the core book. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, which they i mean uh fourth edition d and d honestly suffered a little bit from we came up with better ideas uh during the life cycle of the game, yeah um, and, and we redo- and we produce these books that are just like better than the yep. first than the first books we put out um. Yep. So, you know, that, that is a thing that is, you know, not in favor of 4th edition. I think they tried to stop doing that with 5th edition, where the only books they put out for 5th edition now are essentially adventure books. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's another thing we could talk about somewhere yeah, else. That is also
0: a different topic for a um, different time. Uh, so, and uh, how I sort of feel like learning from your, your good start yeah. uh, is inevitable. Yeah, um, absolutely. But that is, again, maybe that's our next deep dive. I don't know.
1: Yeah. So so, it, uh, so
0: instead, it has a chapter on skills with a cool sure. piece of art with some adventurers just having a bad time.
1: Sure. So <laughs> uh, so then we talk about gear and equipment, and one mm-hmm. of the things that I always found very strange mm-hmm. in D and D is the separation of basic equipment and magical equipment. Okay. So I understand that like half of the DMG is magic items. Right. Which is useful, I guess, if you're running the game and you're the dungeon master mm-hmm. and, or the, you know, whatever you are. Uh, <laughs> but, and you're trying to pick loot to give to your intrepid adventurers. Having mm-hmm. that available in your book is, mm-hmm. uh, is a good place for it. But when you are the adventurer and you're trying to decide what cool magical item you would like to maybe purchase, now mm-hmm. you need another book. Yeah. And so it's not match? like the person running the game doesn't also need the player handbook because right. they do. So, so are the magic items not in the They're f- not they're absolutely not oh, the okay. in the book. They never so, have been and they never probably will be.
0: There's magic items in the equipment section in D&D 4E. Are there? Yeah. there totally are. <laughs> I'm looking right at them.
1: Like like a list of magical items?
0: Uh, let's see if there's a table. Okay, so on page 223, for those of you reading along at home, uh, (laughs) there's a section that says magic items, and then it talks sort of a general thing about them, um, how much they cost in gold per level, um, how to identify them, um, magic item categories, um, then talks about item slots, um, category and price, what they do, um, a little sidebar on residuum, which is what happens when you disenchant an item. Um, It gives an example of a magic item that is the Holy Avenger, because magic items are basically equipment powers (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, they were basically evocations um again but it came before and then so on on the next page 228 through 229 um which is what like five pages later uh there is in fact a table of magic armor how much it costs what type it is yeah Uh, and then following it up a couple pages later are magic weapons
1: yeah that's not and holy
0: symbols and rods and orbs and, and, and maybe that's
1: because those things have powers and they decided all the powers sh- like player powers should be in one book together
0: yeah maybe they uh, did for
1: fourth edition because mm-hmm. it, it is in third edition it is also true that magic items are not in the player handbook they are in the dmg and that is yeah. also true in now fifth edition which fifth edition looks a lot like third edition i mean it's it's not, clearly, but it looks yeah. a lot more like third edition than fourth edition ever did. Yeah.
0: Um right here. See? Here's my
1: See. I believe you. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I believe you. <laughs> uh, you don't need to show me, I believe. But yeah, the fifth edition doesn't magic magic items it's... are a thing for the DMG.
0: I mean it's also because I think um there was an assumption that every class had some sort of item or useful weapon or item um that made them better at doing their thing uh and there was an assumption that you would get one as you progressed so like holy symbols are in here yeah um rod stabs wands tomes uh rams and masks are all in (laughs) in here too um and then a handful of other stuff like feet slot items and head slot items and because in also in 4e those increased your saves Um, so there was also a core assumption that you had and would acquire these items as you went.
1: Yeah. So now there's, you know, the very next chapter after that, like pretty slim equipment chapter Mm -hmm. is customization options. So, um, here's where you get your feats. You all, it also talks about how to multiclass, um, um, and the feats are very. I don't even know how you get feats. I think. I don't remember. Um, I think some classes just get them at certain levels.
0: Yeah. They have, this book has feats.
1: And then you. head
0: between skills and
1: adventure uh, and equipment. Yeah. Feats are. Well, it's because feats are in imperative in fourth edition. Yeah. Um, feats have been, in, but... in fifth edition are an optional rule. Okay. So um, I, I was thinking that some of the classes gave them to you, but I, I misremember that. They all have, like essentially, instead of a, instead of feats, they have just like, this is the ability that the fighter gets. Um, feats are you can choose to use the feat system. instead of getting an ability bump mm-hmm. increase, you can instead get a feat.
0: Mm-hmm. Gotcha.
1: Um, and then there's a list of a few feats. Uh, that you could take and then we move into how to play the game yeah Yeah. and then then
0: following that here too is adventuring which is a little bit of how to play the game
1: right and so this is a a pretty beefy section in fifth edition that talks about like this is where that all that ability score modifiers how to use ability scores advantage and disadvantage which is a new rule for fifth edition uh, Mm -hmm. how proficiency bonuses work how ability checks work how skills work what's a passive check then each mm-hmm. individual ability and what it can do, mm-hmm. um, and then saving throws. And then we go into adventuring, which talks about time, movement, how fast characters move, what you know, environmental things, social interactions, resting, going things between adventures. Then we go into combat, which talks about all the different ways to do combat. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pretty, pretty beefy chapter because combat is... The whole game. game. Um, (laughs) It's the whole game. Yeah, and then we go into magic, and pretty much the rest of the book is spells. Okay, Uh, it's the very last part of the book, and I actually like that it's the very last part of the book, and not Mm -hmm. uh, and not before how to play the game because it's such an optional. Only certain classes have spells, and now here it is at the end of the book. I just flip to it, find my spell, move on. Like, right. honestly, if they just took spells, even though it's part of player handbook, and made it its own little manual, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then after spells is some appendixes that have things like appendices. Uh, so appendix one is different conditions that you can be uh, affected by. I think that's great that that's an appendix
2: because
1: mm-hmm. uh, I think in 4th edition it was listed as a... Um, they were just in the like adventuring section. So it's <clears> a little hard to find. But because it's an appendix, I can just flip right to, to it. Uh, all of the stuff about the gods and the planes of existence and is in an appendix. There's also an appendix on creatures, which is a little interesting to me because there's a whole monster manual. Right. Um, so let me see what that appendix...
0: Is that is. for, like, having a summon or a familiar?
1: Maybe. Let me, I, let me get to it. What page is that on? Uh, creature statistics 304. There we go. Uh, yeah. So it's like a bat, a bear, a boar. Like oh, animal. it's for
0: shapeshifting. Okay. Yeah. So and, it's spells and, and class creatures
1: allow, allow characters to transfer into animals, summon creatures, to serve as familiars, and create undead. And so this is if you can make one of these things or become one of these things. We've put rules for you here, which is actually fucking fantastic. <laughs> Thank you for putting it in this book instead of the fucking monster manual. Yeah. Um so honestly, as a as a comprehensive player handbook, I think the 5th edition D&D handbook is hands down the best of of all the editions in my opinion. Um, it gives far more information. It makes far less assumptions about what you okay. already know uh, about the game, which makes it more new player friendly. Okay. Now let's talk about organization. <laughs> now that we've gone through the whole book, let's talk about organization and, and our opinions on organization. We don't have to talk about fifth edition d d anymore to talk yeah. about that.
0: Yeah. We are at an hour and six minutes jesus
1: maybe we shouldn't have gone <laughs> through the whole book maybe we
0: should i you know i don't know why we thought that was a good idea i think it's because um, you
1: started comparing it to fourth edition and we really shouldn't have done that we shouldn't have done that but we did That's too what happened. bad <laughs> uh bef- you
0: know let's talk about organization and maybe answer some of the actual questions as bonus content so we but but let's talk about is is or is not the the D standard Good for new people, which is kind of the question that I
1: had. Right. Um, so I think there's a couple of things going on in the player handbook that is um, organizationally, if I am brand new to the game, there's a couple of questions that I think I want to know first. And the first thing I want to know is why, like, how do I play this game? Okay. Because if you're giving me powers and you're and you're explaining, you know, oh, you get this special ability, or you get spells, or you get a bonus to an ability score. Like, I don't know what the ability scores mean. I don't mm-hmm. know. Uh, I don't know how to play the game yet. And so, making choices as a as a character create like to create a character is actually a little difficult when I don't know yet what any of that means. And so that's something that I've thought about a lot in, you know, if I were going to make my own game, that having, like, I, I need to know what I'm picking first. So giving me all the information about races and characters up, uh, and, and classes up front, mm-hmm. just, the, just the basic, like, here's what the information is, feels like the best way to do it. Like, I need that setting information. I want to know, like, what is this game what mm-hmm. am I supposed to be doing in this game? That's going to be in the introduction. Uh, I want to know, like, okay, well, what what what's available to me to play? What is that? You know, what is it? Without and then I want to know how do I play this game? And then tell me how to make a character, so that when I, and, and not like you can tell me how to make a character, but you're going to give me all the character choices. I want to know how to play the game before I see any of those character choices. Okay. And I've never seen... The only book I've ever read personally that did that was actually Mm -hmm. Blades in the Dark. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Blades in the Dark absolutely tells you how to play the game first, and then it gives you character options and how to make a character, and then it gives you all the setting. (laughs) I didn't even know the game had a setting because I read through... I was like, oh, this is how you play this game. All right. I'm ready to go. And I'm like, oh, it has this really deep setting. What? (laughs) (laughs) So maybe not the setting at the end, but right. but that like here is what you need to do to play this game, uh, and then here are your character options and here's how to make a character. I feel, you know, game like I don't make game books that do that. Mm-hmm. Like none of our game books do that. You know what? Let me see how Trinity lays it out real quick. It it doesn't.
2: It not
0: doesn't. Like that. No, I mean, not doesn't. like that. So uh, you, we got some inspirational material. Uh, We got some fiction. We got uh, a a glossary, which is good because sometimes, you know, it's jargony. Then we got some more fiction. It's a lot of fiction. We got a lot going That's that's a lot of fiction. There's a lot of fiction. (laughs) It's
1: good. I like it, though.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, if you're the person, sort of person who's really into reading all that, I bet that's a a real treat. Um, But usually when I'm picking up a book, I'm like, let me skip right to the important part. Bam uh and uh trinity opens after you get through all the fiction which does set up the world pretty nicely directly to character creation
1: mm-hmm. yeah it does
0: it does yeah uh does and strip. then and attributes then... <laughs> and, and dice Talks... rolling's in there okay
1: all right yeah. all right yeah it it i mean i like you know i don't get a whole lot of choice in how things are set up um <laughs> We know this is true. I would have <laughs> loved to have put this the core mechanic, like the story path system, before character creation, mm-hmm. um, because right as it is in uh, in this book is you know the core mechanic and combat have two different chapters, and if mm-hmm. I had done those first and then character creation and then and then immediately into the chap the talents chapter, instead it's character creation, uh, it's it's all of the mechanics of how to play the game, how to run the game. And then it's stuff about like the characters you're actually playing in this game. Mm -hmm. And part of that is because this is a core book that is setting up core information for other books. So that character creation section is the character creation section for an aberrant adventure assassins, literally anima, literally everything else. Uh, And so playing talents in the core book should be, like, is its own chapter because that is the core book's, like, character type you're playing. Right. But honestly, I, I could have served myself better by putting all of the, like, straight up here's how you play story path, and then here's how you create a character, and then here are talents.
2: And I yeah, feel okay.
1: like that flow might have been... It's hard though, right? Because the character creation section tells you all all of the like main abilities that you're going to have. Explains mm-hmm. what a what a skill is and what an attribute is and what a edge is, and so you get a kind of a feeling for all that. And then it and then the the section itself that's like explaining how how do those things work. But would it be better to know how those things work before you even know which skills and attributes you have available to you?
0: Yes that is that is the question. That is the and question it's, I'm stuck it, on. <laughs> it's the question, right? Question. Because
1: right. which, you know, you need all of this information. You need both parts. Right. So, when you're reading through one and you don't have the other one yet, which is it which is better to be in the dark about? Right.
0: That's the question. Which we will talk about a little bit more in the bonus content. So, if you are not already a patron, uh Go to Patreon.com, look for bonus experience, give us a dollar, hear what other things we have to say. We release extended cuts of all our episodes, and that's pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, BXP and The Deep Dive are brought to you by the Misdirected Mark Network. Give me a bing. Is that bing? Thank you. <laughs> and if you like listening to us talk about mechanics and junk, you should listen to The Misdirected Mark Uh, Chris, Phil, and Bob go live every Tuesday evening at 8pm Eastern to break down and get inside games, game mastering, playing games, and game design in an effort to entertain and inform you. Uh, And don't forget that Bonus Experience is sponsored by Nerdy Kepi, which is a cool shop where you can get all sorts of pride swag. Um if you use code BXPcast at checkout you will get 10% off your order and that is a code that never expires so you can always go back and buy more cool stuff from them. Yeah they I are
1: think... also uh queer and Jewish owned uh small yes. small pub so support yep. local support I say local but support support small businesses.
0: Yes support small businesses. Support small gay businesses. <laughs> Uh, And that will do it for now. Uh, If you want to send us an email, uh, hey, if you want to propose a deep dive topic, you can shoot an email to bonusexpcast at gmail.com or holler at us on Twitter at
1: bonusexpcast. Danielle, if they want to follow you, where
0: can they find you?
1: Uh, You can find me at uh, daniellozon.com. Uh, I'm also on Twitter as at Imperneous. I often don't post there because I, I don't like Twitter discourse, but I will every now and then be drawn into some bullshit, so expect hot takes and bullshit from me. Um, and you can also find follow my author, Facebook, Daniel Lozon Harper. Oh, sorry, Daniel Lozon author. Uh, man. <laughs> and like that's just my name anyway uh, Danielle is an author uh, I I generally try to post weekly updates of the things I'm working on and will toss things like writing all calls and also just my hot takes about the industry into that Facebook so if you want to follow me there you're welcome to
0: and I am on Twitter at Zenith Sun follow at your own risk I guess pretty <laughs> <Stay laughs> much yeah uh, I think that does it Yep. Everybody everybody get out. Let's go. Go. It's
1: lunchtime. I gotta I'm hungry. Let's do it. Yep. Get out of okay. here.
2: experience is written and produced by Monica and Ray and Danielle is here today and hey what about me Margaret fine you don't give me any credit I don't care our logo and art is by Neno Studios find her on Facebook and Instagram our theme song is Reused Noise with the Light, whatever that means, by CDK. And it's used under the Attribution Non-Commercial Creative Commons License, whatever that means. BXP is part of the Misdirected mark Network. But, gaming pun. I don't know, that could get a little bit dicey.